Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Isaiah 9, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light, Messiah. If God doesn't like your prideful state, your haughtiness, your attitude and arrogance, he will humble you if you don't humble yourself first. That said, when he humbles a person, a city or a country, it's big time. Fortunately, God always gives us a warning before judgment comes. The problem is many people don't recognize it, hear it, or heed it. They ignore it to their own detriment, their own destruction. That's where we left Isaiah's prophecy in chapter eight. He foretold the, the people of, Is, of Israel, Israel and Judah of the coming Assyrian invasion. God was giving the people fair warning, repent and turn from your pagan and corrupt ways or else they will enter a time of darkness. In spite of that, our merciful and gracious God gives the world some good news. Though the world is heading into hell, to hell in a handbasket down the wide path to eternal torment, God is, has sent us a savior, the Messiah, as Jesus. The Messiah himself said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Let's dig in. Isaiah 9, hope in the Messiah. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness where death casts its shadow, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod. 
just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will be burned. They will be fuel for fire. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Actually, he did. Never he did. The Lord's anger against Israel. Verse 8. The Lord has spoken out against Jacob. His judgment has fallen upon Israel. The people of Israel and Samaria who spoke with such pride and arrogance will soon know it. They said, we will replace the broken bricks of our ruins with finished stone and repent and replant the felled sycamore fig trees with cedars. But the Lord will bring resin's enemies against Israel and stir up all their foes. The Syrians or Arameans from the east and the Philistines from the west will bear their fangs and devour Israel. But even then the Lord's anger will not be satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. For after all this punishment, the people will still not repent. They will not seek the Lord of heaven's armies. Therefore, in a single day, the Lord will destroy both the head and the tail, the noble palm branch and the lowly reed. The leaders of Israel are the head and the lying prophets are the tail. For the leaders of the people have misled them. They have led them down the path of destruction. That is why the Lord takes no pleasure in the young men and shows no mercy even to the widows and orphans. For they are all wicked hypocrites. They and they all speak foolishness. Even then the Lord's anger will not be satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. Though this wickedness is like a brush fire, it burns not only briars and thorns, but also sets the forests ablaze. Its burning sends up clouds of smoke. The land will be blackened by the fury of the Lord of heaven's armies. The people will be fueled for the fire and no one will spare even his own brother. They will attack their neighbor on the right, but will still be hungry. They will devour their neighbor on the left, and but not will, will not be satisfied. In the end, they will even eat their own children. Oh God, Manasseh will feed on Ephraim and Ephraim will feed on Manasseh and both will devour Judah. But even then the Lord's anger will not be satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. Well, here's, here's a little bit of historical perspective here. The Assyrians and later the Babylonians invaded Israel from the north. They used the well-traveled trade routes that ran along the Mediterranean, the Via Maris, actually from the Jordan to the Mediterranean. The northern tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali were in Galilee. When the Assyrians took the Israelites as captives, they then sent other Gentiles to live in Galilee. By the first century, Galilee was heavily populated by Greeks and Romans. There were the 10 Roman cities called the Decapolis. Nazareth was one of them. This explains Nathanael's reaction when Philip invites him to meet Jesus of Nazareth. 
can anything good come from Nazareth? That's uh, John 1, 46. Before the invading armies reached the other tribes, Zebulun and Naphtali were the first areas trampled. Yet Isaiah tells these two tribes that they will be compensated for their suffering. And John wrote in John 1, verses 4 through 5, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Galilee, which was Jerusalem's doormat, will emerge from the darkness and be given a special blessing. They will have the privilege of seeing a great light. Jesus was the fulfillment of that promise. Jesus was headquartered in Galilee for the majority of his ministry. He did most of his miracles on the Sea of Galilee. That's where he called up many of his disciples. The cities of Capernaum, Bethsaida, and Chorazin were all part of the tribe of Naphtali. Jesus was the great light that shined in Galilee. Jesus Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus came from his heavenly throne to be born a baby, fully human, yet fully divine. The Savior with four names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That is wonderful. That's good news. That is hope. King Jesus will rule a monarchy, not a democracy. That's why it says the government will rest upon his shoulders. Jesus will sit on the throne of David. He is the Messiah. Yet even after all the punishment, the people will still not repent. They still worship the pagan gods and idols. They still carried on their corrupt business and moral practices. Sounds like today. That is how it will be in the future during the Great Tribulation. It's in the book of Revelation, Revelation 9.20. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refuse to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They continue to worship demons and idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. Idols that can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. <laughs> so where do you worship? Next time you're in church, take a look around. Do you see um, statues of people, dead people? Do you see candles and incense being burned in front of them? That's worshiping idols made of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. That's idolatry. That's paganism. Think about that. But, but here's another thought. How hard-hearted or thick-minded could people be? Mm. The last passages of Isaiah 9 are echoed by Amos and Hosea. Plenty of warning. Repent or else. Or else is horrible. Just like hell is horrible. Eternal torment. You know, it's your choice. Just like Israel had a choice back then, you have a choice now. Hell or heaven. Where you spend eternity is a choice you make now while you're still alive and of sound mind. Nothing you do in a church can save you. No priest, sacrament, Eucharist, indulgences, or baby baptism can save you. On your own, you will never be good enough to enter the presence of God in heaven. Salvation is only through Jesus. So if you're not sure if you're saved or not, if you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven after you die and that you won't be left behind at the rapture, what you have to do is believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. 
believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ and he died taking your sins away forever and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180 degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized. Show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ. Receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. So what are you waiting for? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, if you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart. And in the bottom of today's blog, I have embedded uh, one of my favorite Christmas songs as I've um, my choir back in Miami and Miami. Yeah, Miami and Melbourne, both of them. Um, we used to do Handel's Messiah every Christmas. And my favorite song out of that is For Unto Us a Child is Born, which is, which is singing this passage from Isaiah 9. Um, and in fact, the whole um, of Handel's Messiah takes, um, the, uh, the songs are from Psalms, Isaiah, and parts of the New Testament too. Um, in fact, the, um, the Hallelujah Chorus is from the book of Revelation. So, um, uh, you can, you can enjoy that. It just, oh, let's start. We need a little Christmas. <laughs> let's start a little Christmas early here. Solideo Gloria to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times, but know that things aren't falling apart. They are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20 to 22, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.